So I saw you made some notes on there already, but I figured I would just kind of go mm -hmm. through each question and just maybe have you break down um, your outlines here for us and your thoughts and feelings on some of these questions. Um, a lot of them center around yeah. how to prioritize what blocks to kind of rank or how do you recommend prioritizing yeah. blocks, which was my personal problem too. So um, yeah, I guess, the other question was, are some types of rotations better to have in your block as well? So like, how did you kind of juggle all these different criteria in your head and how did you prioritize which blocks you rank? Mm -hmm. So that is a great question. So I would say to start off, I did a combination of the first question you wanted to ask me and the last question you wanted to ask me. So what that means is I looked at one, what was the feedback that students the year prior or a couple years prior had about that site, right? Did they actually learn a lot? Did they just work a lot? You know, um, how invested were the preceptors in actually teaching you? And in how invested were they in, in your best interest, right? That's important to me because I wanted people that really wanted to teach me and help me learn so I can really have a strong um, background for clinical knowledge because I plan on applying for a residency. So feedback was very important. That played a big role into where I, where I decided to ultimately um, rank with the different blocks. Now, everything in life, usually I would say prioritize your personal goals. Self-care is the most important thing. But when it comes to your rotations, I think that's where it's one of the few times where I would say prioritize your career goals first and then look at personal. Because I know sometimes people want to take a trip. Sometimes people want to take a break. So they might try to get the first um, rotation block off. You know what I'm saying? And do different things like that. But I think this is one of the few times where you really need to be prioritizing your career. So if you're interested in a fellowship, if you're interested in a residency, interested in retail, whatever the case may be, you need to align your rotations in that order, whatever is most important to you. So if, for example, I'm sure most people interest is probably residency. So we'll start with that. With residency, I would say you want to get your block in or if you can't get in your block, which I believe is your question number two, get in as many patient care rotations as you can before the end of the year, before the end of December. Okay. Um, do you have on record what, which number that is? I don't remember if it's fourth, if it's the fourth block or not. Um, I can check real quick, but the fourth I, rotation. Yeah. I think it's either four or five. Like you were saying, I can double check right now. Seven. I, I want to say it's fourth, um, five, six, and seven. Cause I think you have three, five, six. Five is uh, ending it's it on the eighth of December, the fifth rotation. Five, ends. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So before the fifth rotation, you want to get as much in because if you're applying for residencies, those applications are due most likely the first week of January. Yes. So you want to make sure you have at least two to three letters of recommendations by someone who is clinically who can attest to your clinical knowledge. Otherwise. Sorry to say this, but your letter of recs is kind of pointless. Like, yes, they're going to want one from academia. 
that shows that you're a good student, but a good student doesn't mean you're a good resident. So that's kind of irrelevant. What really matters is how receptive are you to learning? How do you learn? How do you respond to adversity when you have those challenges? Were you able to handle the topic discussions and the different workloads that the preceptor had as a requirement for you, right? So the more patient care electives you can get, the better before rotation five um, is what I would say. And even rotation five, that could be kind of tough because let's say rotation five is a patient care elective. You only have, what, two weeks, three weeks for them to write in that letter of rec for you. And guess what? Rotation five ends in December. Guess what your preceptor is going to do? Go on vacation and spend time with their family <laughs> for Christmas, for New Year's, right? So mm -hmm. they might have a limited amount of time. They probably already have former students um, that ask them to write a strong letter of recommendation. And that's another important thing um, that I want to touch on, just like five tips um, that I'll give you towards the end, um, is getting those letter of recommendations in early and on time. Um, because trust me, I know some people who have not matched with the site that they wanted to because certain paperwork, whether it's letter of rec or their, um, their transcript just wasn't in on time. And these people, your preceptors are people. So they get busy, things come up, a family emergency, you never know. So you want to try to get things in as early as possible. So with fellowship, to sum it up, if you're thinking fellowship, get in as many patient care electives as you can before rotation five. Now, if you can't get that in, get in whatever rotations that show some type of clinical knowledge. If you're interested in a fellowship and you're not doing an industry rotation, that's where you need to get creative, right? There's opportunities where if you don't get a fellowship, there are certain rotations that you can do that I believe will signify your interest in industry or will look good on paper. One of them would be anytime you can get into something specialty related because those big pharma companies are pushing those specialty meds. So you're dealing with stuff like MS, right? Multiple sclerosis. If you're dealing with um, maybe maybe any oncology medications, any inf like super expensive infusion medications like um, immunoglobulins or like IVIG, different things like that. Learning about those drugs, having a little bit of background, some clinical knowledge about that and some experience with these specialty pharmacies that are getting the medications from the big pharma, they're gonna be interested in that. So that's something that could be very beneficial. Something like, um, also I would say possibly, uh, maybe not as much, but possibly a long-term care facility, depending on where you're at. Because you could also get exposed to a lot of different um, medications as well from something like that. Or if you could do something corporate related, like a corporate CVS or an admin rotation, uh, that could possibly give you the ability to do a lot of projects, which is what fellowships are about. They're more project long-term oriented and that can, your preceptor can attest to your ability to handle a longitudinal projects. That's what more fellowships is about, where it's not like, hey, you have to do this by like next week. It's more like, hey, you have all these things in like three months. Well, you get it done, you know? So it just shows that you're able to handle things and you're able to handle hold yourself accountable to finish all the, the things that are required of you. Now that, get that in before rotation four. 
that's the thing about fellowships. It's more, it really depends. Rutgers is the most common program that people apply through the Rutgers fellowship program, which I believe theirs is more November-ish, but there are some, there are some that don't go through Rutgers and they start their active enrolling process in October. So they start actively interviewing people and it's a rolling interview. So it's not like there's a set deadline. You have to turn it in whenever you want to, when the application's open. And if they like it, they're going to start interviewing you. And then they'll just take you. Like, they don't wait around. <laughs> so it's not like residency at all. So if you're interested in a fellowship, you want to get those type of rotations that can attest to um, anything that's project-related, like admin, anything that's going to expose you to a lot of specialty, highly expensive medications. So something like specialty, um, pharmacy. I know I had a rotation with Publix. Um, I don't know if UF has one through like CVS, but there's all these, these retail companies have that. Um, and besides admin from like a hospital level, right? Because you could do admin with a hospital where I'm sure they're going to have a drug rep dinner where you can kind of meet different drug reps or maybe meet an MSL, things like that, right? Or admin through corporate like CVS or something like that. I think that would also be beneficial. Um, and you want to get those in, like I said, before rotation four. Um, so that's the difference. Fellowships before rotation four um, for, for your industry, that's what you're thinking. Or before rotation five for residency. Now for retail, if you're thinking about retail, your elective, your rotations probably don't matter as much. But I think it would be better to try to have your retail rotation towards the end of the year, or I would say either rotation six or seven. After the following would probably be the best time because that's when they're going to start rolling out those applications for you. Like I remember when I was a student, it was around February, CVS, Publix, I'm getting emails like, oh, if you're interested, you can apply now. You don't have to wait until you're a pharmacist because they want to gauge interest and kind of have somebody lined up. And then once you're done with school, you get licensed. And then once you're licensed, they'll start training you. So that one, I would say maybe um, starting the following year, you kind of do that. If you're pretty tough, it feels like, you know, you make a great um, pharmacist and they have recommendations and that's something that they can write for you. And while you're going through that application process, you can definitely do that. So that would be how I would structure my rotations depending on those three careers. And if you're interested in something else that I didn't say, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, we can kind of figure out what rotations you have that could help show you, um, be, help show you, help show that you'll be a strong candidate for that career. Okay, wonderful. I think that covered like the main, I guess, group of audience that, you know, most people are interested in those kind of avenues. Um, I know for managed care too, they started offering more uh, rotations that, actually have managed care rotations too. So, um, wow. and, and then I guess for me, this is like more of a personal question, but I don't know if this is just, yeah. you know, the way the rotations worked out, but for me, a lot of the ones, especially those heavier patient care electives like cardiology or oncology um, or ICU, a lot of the rotations I like at sites that are offered in blocks that have electives I like, they're all being offered at the end. So it's like, I guess I should prioritize yeah still try to prioritize ones that have some of them at least as far in the beginning as possible, it seems. 
I don't know if that makes sense, but it's, yeah, it's been that's yeah, what, kind of difficult. That's what, no, that does make sense. Yeah, it's challenging, right? Because this is the one year where it's like you can actually kind of pick what you want to do. And, you know, if you're interested in oncology, this might be the only time in your entire career you have the opportunity to explore it and see if it's for you, right? And it's tough because do I wait till the end of the year to do this, but then I, I may not be able to get anything that's patient care related to help me get a residency, you know? It's tough, it's really tough to get a call. And that's one of those where you got to write down your pros and cons. But since you're asking my opinion, what I would advise is to go ahead and get patient care electives or make, get electives that are patient care um, related only. Because if you have your block for like five, six, and seven, then it's guaranteed you're going to have your electives before, right? So you just have to make sure those electives are patient care because it doesn't have to be cardiology it doesn't have to be oncology like those are more of the um intensive type of rotations it's like as long as they can attest your clinical knowledge that's all you need clinical knowledge and work ethic so even if you just have one letter of rec that's from a rotation from a clinical preceptor and then like one from community that can attest to your work ethic like i think you'll be fine but you just you really need one I can attest to your clinical knowledge because this is from all these I've spoken to and, and just connections that I have, they want more sound residents. So more clinically sound residents. So it's more of you're kind of rolling into the workflow and then we can add on new things to you instead of kind of teaching you, kind of molding you from zero. Does that make sense? So it's, they want more of a strong clinical background. So it's, it's less of baby things we have to teach you and more like the very important things that we want to teach you. Instead of making sure you have a strong foundation, we want to make sure you already come in with that. Um, and so that's something that they're really looking for whenever they read those letter of recs. So you need somebody that can attest to that. And unfortunately, that's not going to be from retail. Um, which is usually like, I feel like the ones that people usually get early on is like retail. Um, and it may not be some of your electives either, right? Um, and it depends on the electives, right? You could have specialty uh, pharmacy, but that's gonna be great for AmCare or fellowships. But if you're interested in an inpatient residency, it doesn't really correlate to that. So you wanna be mindful of what you're thinking of now, what type of residency and to have an elective that will kind of attest to the type of residency you're interested in. No, that, that helps me a lot. Just make sure you have your. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I, I said that I was going to say that helps me a lot because I was just having a hard time reconciling, like prioritizing like the types of electives or prioritizing the timing of electives and what's weird is I thought more blocks would be more of our core core rotations but a lot of these blocks don't have a lot of core rotations and they'll have like two electives and it's like and then they're at the they're yeah. towards the end they're like six seven and eight or something and it's like well 
that kind of sucks that yeah. that's how they're set up. I, I'm sure it's just based off of availability for preceptors <laughs> and stuff, but yeah. it, it's been very hard for me at least to try and figure mm-hmm. out how to rank them. But that helps me because I'm trying to prioritize and I have them, I'm grading the ones that are, that I like. And so that helps me kind of prioritize yeah. which things are more important to look at that'll help me rank them mm-hmm. now that I've picked a smaller pool to choose from. Yeah. That's perfect. That definitely answers if, those if you're willing to sh- If for you specifically, if you're willing to share, you don't have to. Um, but which career path are you kind of thinking about? Um, I think I shared with you already. I'm president of SSHP at the Orlando campus. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely leaning towards a residency route. I used to be very, really gung-ho on ambulatory care, but after doing my hippie, that opened my eyes to a lot more stuff. Um, so sometimes I, I'm still caught in between, but I'm definitely seeing myself also having the possibility of being more inpatient. And one of the recommendations I got was to just make sure I do an ICU rotation at some point, because I don't know if they thought I'd be good at it or if they just thought it'd be a good experience to have in general, but that was what some of the preceptors of a hippie told me to do. So I don't know, but definitely clinical in the direction of clinical and like residency. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So yeah, for you right off the bat, I would say I would try to do a block rotation early on one where, and this once again comes to feedback, right? Because sometimes something is listed as something, but it's not the actual rotation. So you might have a internal med rotation, but you could actually be with like an ICU pharmacist, right? It really depends on the site. So that's where it's important to get feedback from the previous people who did it or um, kind of search the background of that preceptor, right? Because I don't know if they have the preceptor names. Do they have the preceptor names in now? Um, I think it depends. Well, for internal med, they should have all of them listed. The only ones they don't have them all listed for are probably some of the electives because they don't pick an elective for you. They say you have a choice. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So if they have the preceptors in, check them out on LinkedIn. Do a quick Google search. See what their background is because that's probably what they work in. So I was actually in your shoes And I was fortunate enough to where I was interested in ICU, but I was like, man, I'm going to have to get rid of an elective, but I kind of really want to do a long-term care facility and also do specialty. So I was like, crap, how can I maneuver around this? So I was just reaching out to people, asking them about different internal med rotations. And then I found out that one of the internal med rotations that's available, that person's actually an ICU pharmacist. So I was like, huh. So it's almost like I'm getting another elective within that block that I already had to do. So I was like, oh, that's a done deal. Let me, do, let me rank this place and try to get this place number one so I can still get the electives I want, still get internal med, but you're just learning it through the ICU route. And I know that also happened to um, one of my colleagues where it was listed as internal med. He actually took an ICU rotation and now I was like, I wasted one of my electives on ICU. Um, because my internal med was also ICU. So sometimes their internal med could be an ICU uh, rotation. So I would look up to see who those preceptors are um, to see what their background is. You can just honestly just look at the uh, their credentials because they might just have it in their credentials like board certified 
quick care pharmacist. So that's something that you could just look at the credentials and not even have to do too much research. So that would be a good trick I would recommend for you is find a place where the internal med is ICU, you can knock that off and you don't have to use up any of your electives. Okay, I didn't even, I know I even know of an example already to have top of my head, but I didn't even think about it that way. So that makes a lot of sense. I don't know why I didn't yeah. consider that already. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, consider it. Yeah. Yes, you're welcome. Okay. Thank you. Um, and then this question isn't asked this way, but I like one of your answers underneath it. But so I'm going to kind of ask it in a different way. Um, in terms of different block sizes, um, is it better? Do you think it's better to have a, a larger block size, or do you would you recommend a smaller block size, like three rotations? Um, does it depend? Like, what are what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I am a big advocate of three, three rotations only. The reason being, if you do four blocks, if you do four rotations in one block, most likely one of those rotations you're not interested in, right? Most likely one of them you don't really want to do. And that now removes you from the ability of increasing your network. And that is one of the most important things in pharmacy. Everybody says it. Everybody tells you how much of a small world pharmacy is. And trust me, it is what comes through. The value in being able to say, all right, I'm going to do three rotations here, build a rapport here, get to know people from different environments, do my block. Then you know what? I'm going to go over here and meet some new people, go over here and meet some new people because you really don't know where your career will end up. You really don't know how even one rotation can impact your career. Not even like, not even in the sense of, oh, will I do a residency or not? Just in a sense of, you know, I want to maybe do a side job. Like, you know, I'm working clinical and I want to do, um, let's say you want to pick up some hours at like a infusion center or something like that, just on the side. But you had a rotation and you were trained in that versus somebody who's applying who never had any experience, you now have a leg up just because you did that rotation, right? And that's just something to consider. Like you never know where your career might take you and you never know what other opportunities you might be looking for. So I think it's very valuable to have only three at one site and then go to an, another site to be able to kind of gain new experiences and, and meet new people and kind of build your network a little bit. I also have heard about places doing the like all seven blocks at one site. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. The only way I would ever recommend somebody to do that is if they know for a fact that they want to be for the rest of their life. Like that is where I see myself in the next five years, next 10 years. I want to, if I don't get a residency here, I'm going to apply to be a, a staff pharmacist, whatever, like, I don't care. I know I want to be at this site. And that's fine. I'd say go for it. But if you're unsure, it's who do you really know outside of that area? You know, and it's, you're not really getting opportunity to meet people from different walks, like different experiences, and you're not able to test another um, healthcare system, right? I have coworkers I work at Avon and 
Some of them are just like, you know, I wonder what it would be like to work at like ORMC. Not saying you want to leave, but just sometimes those thoughts come through your head where it's like, okay, what would it be like at daycare? Like you don't know these different hospital systems because you did all your rotations at one place, right? And so that's something I think that is valuable. Um, same thing with the VA, like maybe if if you don't branch out, you don't experience the VA, the only opportunity to experience the VA, right? So I'm just a bigger fan of only doing three blocks. Um, so that way we can make sure you're building your network and you're not being forced to take a rotation you don't want to take. Um, Cause I know some people did that just because three out of the four they really like, but it's like, man, just try to get the elective for that other one. Like don't, don't risk having to use a block being at a place you don't want to be just because of like, I don't think it's worth it. Cause then, you know, you have to be there for a long period of time and you might be miserable there. And how are you going to fake it for like four or five months? <laughs> you know, like you might be able to fake being miserable for a day or two, for a week or two, a month or two. But it's like, if you don't like the place, that's the downside, right? You got to spend a whole another rotation here or you have to spend all seven rotations there if you do the whole thing there and you don't really like the environment. So it's something that you also think about is not just the pros, but also the downside. What are the cons of me just staying at this one place? And so that's why I think it's nice to kind of get some fresh air, meet some new people, learn uh, a different hospital's protocol, learn a different way of looking, working up patients, different things. Because a lot of times if you're within the same system or, or at the same hospital, they probably all had like similar preceptors if they've been like homegrown there. So it's like, it's all kind of the same. So now you can kind of look at things differently by going somewhere else and, and gaining some, some new mentorship, some new preceptor, um, some new ways of looking at a patient or working up a patient. So I think there's a lot more value in that doing the three block rather than a four or doing the full seven. Absolutely no. I'm like a hard, hard stop no on the seven unless you know you want to be there. Yeah, I, I had kind of similar opinions. Um, I wasn't really 100%. The ones that were offering longer blocks, I I just didn't know if I could see myself there for that long of a time. But um, yeah, to me, they were kind of scary. It's like a very big commitment already. It's like you're almost committing to like a residency almost, but without maybe all the work. And it's like, how do you know that's really where you want to go? But I know, I, I hope the best for everyone that picked them. Um, <laughs> But um, speaking about, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know, for um, speaking of application blocks, um, this is a specific question about those. Um, I had a student reach out to me who said that none of the actual blocks that, the app, that they uh, got accepted to for this application really lined up exactly with what they wanted, but they saw rotations in some of the other blocks and they were wondering, I guess, if there's a way to maneuver around that, maybe see if there's an individual rotation that they're offering in a different block and somehow um, get that rotation for their own block or maybe as an individual rotation, depending on how long the block is. And then how would you go about maybe reaching out to see if that would, could be a possibility? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I would say, Generally speaking, there is probably ways to accommodate you or to get the experience that you want. I think a lot of us forget how to do the simplest thing, which is just ask. 
uh, we just get overwhelmed by things and we forget that sometimes life can be very simple. If you just ask for help, help will be provided. So I know UF has an incredible team of, of um, coordinators. I forget their exact title of help setting up blocks and rotation. So I'd highly recommend reaching out to one of them. Um, also possibly maybe reaching out to your faculty advisor and see if there's a way to kind of get things worked for you um, in your favor. So that way you can make sure, even though it's not offered, see if maybe they can make, make an exception or see something that could happen. Because maybe that preceptor isn't available for the whole rotation, but maybe they could be available for like two weeks. Maybe they're going on vacation. They could be available for like two or three weeks. So maybe you'll have a different preceptor um, or something like that. So I think it's possible. You just have to ask and, you know, but don't just ask once and like give up. Like you need to kind of like be a little pushy with it. Um, so that way they can see you're generally interested in this and you want this to happen. And from my experience being at UF, like anytime I genuinely showed interest, they always try to make it um, happen. So that's what I would recommend It's just ask. And it sounds like we should reach out to UF and anyone at UF first and not reach out to like a site coordinator or something like that. Yeah, I would, I would go that route first. I would try to reach out to them because they should be in contact with those um, RP, not, I shouldn't say RPDs, um, with those like uh, the people who oversee that, like the, the program um, that they have there. So the different preceptors or whoever oversees the preceptors and how they manage the blocks. So they do more of the scheduling coordinating. So I would reach out to them first. Okay, that sounds good. Perfect. And we already answered some of the, the next question about what you should do prior to residency. Um, let's see. Yeah. I guess what, I guess maybe we might have some misconceptions about what we should, should consider when ranking blocks. Are there anything or are there any don'ts kind of that you would want to recommend that we avoid when ranking blocks? Like maybe there's certain things students prioritize and that's maybe not the most important thing <laughs> to think about maybe at this time, like maybe we think it's more important than it actually is. Yeah, I, I think I kind of touched upon it earlier. I think the biggest misconception would be just getting the rotations getting the block that you want because you can get the block that you want but for what reason do you really want those blocks right usually it's because you want to do a residency or you want to do a fellowship you want to work um in those respective fields so you need to get those blocks in or those uh, those uh electives in before you have to apply so i think the biggest misconception for some people were all right, I'm going to try to do all my clinical ones. Like this is the block that it has all the clinical ones that I want, but it's like five, six, and seven. It's like, how beneficial is that for residency applications? Right. So I think that's the biggest misconception is just trying to get any block instead of being strategic with it. Um, Cause this is your opportunity to start going from a thinking as a student to thinking more as a professional. And you want to be strategic with not only in this, but if you do a fellowship or and like the rotations that you pick, you know, you want to be strategic and thinking about, all right, 
you know, is there opportunity for growth at this healthcare institution? Is there an opportunity for a future job or will I have to leave? Do I want to stay here? Then you need to think, do they have those opportunities for growth? So this is now the time going into your, starting in your third year and starting ranking is to kind of build that professional development and be forward thinking about what is best for my career. And that's what I say I do really focus on your career goals rather than just selecting a, a block just to select it because they have what you want. Um, and that's not to say you can't match. I know people who match with like their top choice and they didn't uh, do all their um, like their blocks beforehand. But what did they do? They had patient care electives. So that's how they were able to get in. So that's why it's like, if you have the block that you really want, do it, but just make sure all the electives that you're picking are patient care. So that way that you can still have someone attest to your clinical knowledge. That's the key. And then anything else, let me think, misconceptions. Um, I, was, I would think that's a big, big one. We already talked about the, the blocks. Um, oh, I would say this. I think a lot of people misuse the time off, their, their block off. So that's another thing to be strategic about would be when should I have my block off, right? I, most people I knew had the first block off, which I think is a complete waste because you're going from being a student full-time to just doing nothing and then going right back into the grind. So to me, I personally enjoy having my last block off. I think that's the best route because then if you're thinking of residency or fellowship, you have a break before you go into that, right? So you'll have like maybe like two or three weeks after graduation of a break. And you also have the six weeks that you have before. So that whole time you could be studying for the NAPLEX, preparing for the MPJE. And then when it comes time to sign up, you sign up and you go knock it out and you're done. And you don't have to worry about it during your residency or your, or your fellowship. So that's something else I think it is important to kind of be strategic about when you have that, that free block. I think another time where it's very valuable is block um, six, no, seven, block seven. Because if you're thinking fellowship, block seven, that should be like February to March, which is when you'll have a lot of interviews. So if you're fortunate enough to have a lot of interviews, that means you're gonna have to ask for a lot of time off. So that might be tough to make up that time with that preceptor during that rotation. So that's something where you would probably want to get that block off. And trust me, I'm somebody who works a lot and works hard. And it's tough going from a whole bunch of interviews and also handling rotation. Like you're going to need some time to decompress. And I want to make sure you guys do that. So that's what I would recommend if you're thinking you're going to do a residency, if you're confident in yourself, you believe you're going to have a lot of interviews, that might be another good time to have some time off. Is um, I'm pretty sure it's block seven. It's like the March one. And if you're thinking fellowships, that's where I would say more the block um, four or five because that's when you're going to have your interviews. So four or five, you probably want to have the time off so you can you can get the applications in, um, and you can go through that whole process. Another thing, actually, too, for residencies, you could do block five too 
because that'll give you time to work on the letter of intents and all the um, different things that you have to do. So you can get that time off too, so that we can actually enjoy your Christmas break and not be like me uh, working on your letter of intents um, for all the different places that, that you're applying to. So that's something you can also do. So I would say residency, if you're thinking residency, either the last block, block seven, block seven or block five, I would try to get off. And then fellowships, more block, um, four or five would probably be best for you. Um, and if you're thinking other career routes, I don't think it really matters. It's up to you. I just don't think like the first block is like the best time to take off unless you really feel like you need a break. But um, I don't know. I felt like if I would have had that early, it would have been so much harder to going back to like working all the time. Like it felt really nice to have it towards the end because it's like I just went through everything. And it's like I'm done. And it's like, I'm done before, you know, graduation happened. It's like, I just got to study for the NAPLEX, for the MBJE, and as soon as it was time to roll out, just take the exams and move forward from there. Yeah, I feel like I... And that would be best, too, if, if you're thinking of, of work. That would probably be best. Like, if you're doing retail, something that you're just going to start working immediately, probably having the last walk off, because then you could just study and take trips. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm kind of the same way. I feel like once I stop, it's hard to get back on the horse kind of thing. Whereas I could see how having a break at the end, which yeah. is you're finally done. You really actually get to do something probably fun and really get to enjoy it a little bit because you actually are done yeah. with everything for the most part and studying for the Netflix and the MPG. Exactly. But mm -hmm. um, I think we kind of went through all the questions. We kind of did a little abstract kind of way of going through all the questions, but I think we addressed everything that got sent in. Um, if anyone has any additional questions before we have to finish ranking blocks, um, is there a, what's the best way that they could um, reach you at? Find me on LinkedIn, um, Joven Lazo, first name is spelled J-O-V-I-N, last name L-E-Z-E-A-U. Please don't call me Dr. Lazo, I'm still, don't, I'm still not used to that. <laughs> you can just call me Joven. Um, that might be the quickest way. You could also add me on Facebook, but I don't go on Facebook that much. But if you don't have LinkedIn and you're on Facebook, you can definitely do that. If you do not have LinkedIn or Facebook, this is where we go to email. So um, just email me at um, jc and then my last name at gmail.com. So J-C-L-E-Z-E-A-U at gmail.com. So find me on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn would probably be the best choice email, I would say second. And then third would be Facebook because I don't check it too often. But feel free or please feel comfortable to reach out to me in any of those avenues. If you're still uncomfortable to reach out to me, that's perfectly fine. Um, just, I guess, ask Danielle and she can message me and then we'll, we'll figure this out. Yeah, that works great. Um, okay, well, thank you so much for going through all these questions and like taking the time to do this, especially after you worked all day. Like, it means a lot. And I personally <laughs> really fun. appreciate it.